Good day, Brigade. This is Bobby, and welcome to our season finale. And by season finale, we mean, like, we're going to be taking, like, a couple-month break here, because realistically speaking, we're going to get slowly into the holiday season, and we're going to be wanting to prepare for that as much as you're probably going to be wanting to prepare for that, especially with all the circumstances going on right now. Not only that, but, you know, we figure after... 21 episodes it wouldn't hurt to take a couple to take a couple months and come up with some more interesting ideas and thoughts out there and maybe consider a new direction even well anyways as you know this is where we start out with a fact and we've got a really interesting one for you honestly figured this one out myself not even a couple hours ago did you know that charles moulton created both wonder woman and an early version of the lie detector it should be noted that lie detectors are pretty flawed, realistically speaking. They don't measure you how, whether or not you're lying, they measure how stressed you are while being asked a series of questions. Anywho, it's kind of interesting that he also created Wonder Woman, and it also makes one wonder if this is where the inspiration for The Lasso of Truth came from. By the way, I know very little about comics, so if I got anything there wrong, Feel free to hate me. Anyway, on with our show. So anyways, as we stated previously here, this is going to be our season finale. And in it, we're going to actually be covering a little bit of our, on what we are, a little bit of our beliefs, our history, and... At the end, we're going to cover a little bit of demographic data just for a little bit of fun and give a bit of a direction on where we're going to go from here. Anyways, first you might be wondering about the name. Why Mongoose? Why Mongoose Brigade? Well, there's an interesting story to that. So, as many people probably know, at very least in America, and I'd hope around the world this is probably known by now, that... A very common flag for right-wingers, or particularly right-wing populists in the United States to throw around and wave, is the Gadsden flag. For those of you who don't know what the Gadsden flag is by name, it's the yellow flag with the snake going, don't tread on me. Anyways, that's where we got to choosing the mongoose. Because what hunts a snake but a mongoose? So, where did the brigade part come from? Well, that one's also kind of an interesting story. As many people probably know, there's a right-wing conspiracy theorist named Alex Jones. Who, let's be real, he's making the frogs gay. But who cares? What's wrong with gay frogs? Let the frogs live their life, man. Who the hell are you to tell frogs they have to be hetero? Let your freak flag fly, froggies. Anyway, sorry about that. But it goes to Alex Jones and his show, InfoWars. Now with that name, there's a lot of things that could be interpreted. Obviously his interpretation is that he's fighting a war for information. But that's not what I believe. I believe the true nature of that name is a declaration on a war of war on information. And that's where the brigade part comes in. Because if Alex Jones, nay, anybody is going to declare war on information and truth, 
we will be there to fight and stop them. Even if we don't exactly like the belief that's true, we will be there to defend what is true and what is right. Anyways, this led us to saying, alright, well, I've got some ideas and some messages and things I want to get out. Actually, previously to this, I had written a lot of stuff and was beginning to write an almost ideological manifesto, but the ideas in it are long outdated and gone now. It's a little more extreme than most people would probably be used to, and it proposes kind of weird alternate vision between anarchy and nation states, where you kind of get this idea of sociocracy. Sociocracy being a society organized by social groups rather than nations and things like that. Anyways, that's neither here nor there anymore, but it's kind of later what led to the inspiration for promotion of cooperative economics and things like that. And this kind of led us to say, alright, well we've had previous experience creating Facebook pages for weird things. We actually had previously created a Facebook page for the Micronation Republic of Logger, which is a nation we, Micronation we founded. It is technically defunct, but if you really want, the page is still active, and there are still people actively liking it even today. So if you want to, feel free. Just know it's not paid attention to or monitored. <laughs> Anyways, but that previous experience led us to say, alright, let's try making a page for the Mongoose Brigade. And so we did. The Mongoose Brigade first started out as me and a couple other people. We're not going to give names for respect of anonymity. But a couple other people who have occasionally written on there and are for the most part no longer active on the page. Who also had a very like mindset in that regardless of what belief is, truth must be told. Anywho, we got to working on the idea, and while it was very loose and very, very, very primitive, you can actually go back and look at some of our older posts from a couple years ago, they were very sporadic in publishing too. It gets a lot more helter-skelter, messed up, all fucked to hell, kind of confusing, jumbled mess, even more so than we are now, believe it or not. In fact, now we have a whole outline. That's actually kind of what we're reading from right now, believe it or not. We're gonna get a little more tangenty, though. Just keep that in mind. We like the tangent. That's just kind of what we are. Anyways, we started the page and it was doing all right and eventually started buying advertising on Facebook. It's actually relatively cheap, believe it or not. It's something most people can do, and as long as you're not trying to promote political or social issues or things like that anymore, this was before that actually, you don't need to go through a whole crazy verification process or anything like that. So like if you wanted to promote, say, your blog on cooking stuff, you could easily just go to their advertising manager, pay like five bucks and reach a large, sizable group of people relatively easy. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But we were using that as part of our early start. And we started to garner enough people, a small group of people that were like, alright, yeah, no, this isn't bad. There's some alright ideas here. 
Not the greatest ideas, but some alright ones, and there's some interesting truth being told here. Then we come to the summer of American discontent. We're calling it that because, well, quite frankly, there's no real other way to describe it. It was piss times. And reasonably so. You had the COVID rage and the whole real onslaught of disinformation starting to really kick in. Like, don't get me wrong, disinformation was pretty prevalent at this point, but I mean, just in the past couple years alone, it's gotten heavier. So you have all that COVID rage and the misinfo assaults coming around. Then you have the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and many others by police officers and violence through police officers. And quite frankly, a lot of shit police officers shouldn't be doing. And may we continue? All that kind of stuff. This is kind of actually where we really started getting invested into the whole brigade. Because it was actually that very night that we started seriously taking this whole thing and actually trying to do something with it. And the inspiration behind that actually comes from that night in Minneapolis. We were actually listening onto one of those police scanners at the time. We actually had posted a link to it too on the blog because we felt it was necessary that people hear it. And it's interesting which one we were listening to. There were a lot of very fascinating things. It sounded a lot when I say fascinating, I mean it in a traditional sense. I don't mean it in like a, oh, this is cool or neat, because no. Cool or neat are not the words we'd use to describe this. But we were listening to the scanner of the police building that got burned down. We essentially heard every moment up until that point. In fact, police were organizing like military officers at that point. They were acting as though it was a full-on war. They even, over police scanners at one point, thought there was a mortar being fired from a truck, which there may or may not have been. It was kind of hard to tell. You could hear a lot of the noise over radios and all that. And yeah, it was like just short of listening to an actual battle ongoing. Like. If I were to guess, it would probably be a lot like if you were able to listen in on police activity during really any time of the Troubles in Ireland. I know, we go back to that one a lot, but there are a lot of things that happen there that can be compared into our nation state in America today. Though it's not an exact one-to-one parody, it's just there are a lot of similar themes we can learn from on this. We strongly believe this one. Anyways, that's where they all decided in Congress they needed to get their shit together and start doing something here. Both parties tried passing a form of police reform and, well, things got heated and all that. Naturally, we made our posts and yeah, there was a lot of controversy on those posts too. In fact, one of our moderators eventually left because of the whole situation. Anywho, a lot of events happening there, and gonna give a little personal event that happened. My own father had actually been arrested at that point, not related to protests, mind you. 
it was a whole, whole nother thing. We're not going to go into too much detail about it. <laughs> but also being arrested at that point, which we can't cover just how much of an unfathomable thing that is. There's a lot more to that. But it gets a bit personal and we don't really want to drag people that we barely know into too deep of a personal life here. Because, well, we are trying to open up and be more transparent this particular episode. This isn't a therapy session. Apologies, but it's kind of through that whole reasoning that we decided to go on a hiatus for a couple months. In terms of viewership and readership and all that, that almost effectively killed us. There was times where I was thinking of shutting the whole thing down. Lost one admin and another basically said, no, we're not doing this. It effectively left me on my own. On my own. And that's kind of where, in a way, we kind of stand today. We do get, we do talk to other people, though, get our information and our facts straight as much as we can, but in terms of who runs the show, well, you're listening to them. But as far as the singular person goes, we're hoping that we're doing a pretty good job as far as what one person can do. And again, we're going to be doing this till we, until we basically feel there's nothing we, more we can do or say. So if you want to keep listening, great. If you're jumping off ship, we get it. But as we stand today, we're now a blog, podcast, working on a website, and potentially on a second podcast. We're still up in the air on that one. Kind of working out all the details on that a bit. But that's kind of where we stood today. Now, a thing we did way back when we first started the Brigade page is we set, us, we set out to explain a bit of our biases, a bit of our own personal beliefs, and a bit of our own personal philosophy to give an idea of what bias of a viewpoint we might be coming from. And today, we're going to be bringing that back to you. Because we want to cover some of the things that we believe may have changed from that time. And for anyone who might not have otherwise read that or seen that, we, we, we'd like to let you know what we are. In terms of political party affiliation, we have none. To us, Democrats and Republicans have fucked up equally. They fucked up in different ways, but in terms of, like, if you wanted to put a sheer numerical weight to it, they're both pretty damn low on the scale. They're both pretty deep in the red, if we're saying it real. Anyways, how we believe a government should be organized. If you've been a loyal listener, you'll probably have a pretty good idea of this one, but we believe in very strongly a consensus-driven democracy, and we'd even add, like to add in a deliberative democracy at that, where the idea of debate is more important than voting itself. But it wouldn't be too dissimilar from what you recognize now. We'd be eliminating the Electoral College in sl- favor, of a popu- of favor of a popular election. That election, however, would be also consensus-driven, so keep that in mind. Not only that, but we also personally believe in a strong a reaffirmation of the Tenth Amendment. Now, this might seem a little odd to you, and some of you might be like, Oh boy, here we go. So for those of you who may not know, the Tenth Amendment of the United States Constitution states 
that any state, any powers not enumerated to the federal government within the Constitution are left to the states. That's where the amendment of states' rights is, basically. In a lot of times throughout history, states' rights has been used to do a lot of horrible, 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 horrible shit. A lot of it was driven institutional racism, both in the South and in a lot of cases the North as well. A lot of other things have been going on through all that. I'm sure you've heard a lot of things about states' rights affirmation. Attacks on abortion rights have been going through states' rights and all that. But that doesn't make a strong enough case to us to eliminate states' rights entirely. By nature, we're a federation. If we wish to consolidate further, personally, that's fine. However, if we're going to maintain the identity of a federation, we can't forget that all-important state's rights amendment. But that's kind of the kicker. We also need to redefine what powers should be bestowed to the federal government and which ones should be left to the states. We need a much clearer definition of that. Because a lot has changed in 200 some odd years. So, you know, naturally there are going to be things that need to be debated, taken up, and considered. There are a lot of things that would work better under states' rights. But just the same, there are also a lot of things that would work a hell of a lot better if we all worked together as a nation to do that. Which is why we gotta redefine what is what. Re-understand what is what, reassess what we need. And to that end, there would be a few things that would need to change naturally. In fact, we'll cover it over the history, over... Well, you'll find out. Our preferred economic model would be a cooperative economic model in which joint stock company don't really exist anymore. That rustling is Rosa, by the way, if you can hear that. Is switch out the ideas of joint stock company domination towards cooperatives, worker and consumer cooperatives. And which one would be preferred would really depend on the individual function of the particular business and all that, but Overall, cooperatives would become the dominant business model. Joint stock is just too limited, too oligarchic, and quite frankly, a huge problem for anybody. If you live in the American Union, you know. It's a bitch. <laughs> That's where you get your huge heavy stock markets and all that fun stuff. Now, naturally, the more regulated you are, sometimes the better, sometimes the worse. It really depends on the individual circumstances. And again, this is a lot of stuff that can be covered and explained. But basically, in short, cooperatives would be the dominant business model. Workers would own their labors, or consumers would own the things that are naturally not really run by individuals. This, in turn, could also create and supplement the concept of a universal basic income as well without necessarily having to go through a government. Because think about it this way. What if there was a consumer cooperative that owned a business that was run entirely by AI? Well, naturally, you'd still profit from the fruits of the labor, 
but none of you would necessarily be doing the labor. This could work as a means to begin to supplement a universal basic income. Now, adding a universal basic income in of itself is totally possible and quite frankly should be done, but this can also add to that and be a huge and valuable addition. Now, you might be wondering, okay, so what comes with this? Well, when we talk about ideology, we want to be shifting more towards a geoist model ourselves. So what's geoism? Well, we've done a whole episode on that. We suggest you go review it. But basically what we're going to be promoting is the idea of a land value tax, supplementing things like property taxes and a lot of other taxes as well. The main two being property tax and income tax. But basically a high enough land value tax placed upon the land mathematically should work out. And yes, this has been proven. It's a theorem would increase its own value and in turn increase the value of the society and benefit around it as long as that money is invested back into public goods and services. Basically, the land would be paying for the people instead of the people paying for the land. It's a whole thing. We really suggest you go review the Intro to Ideology episode of Geoism. We go into much greater detail there. So what about land ownership? Well, that's, that's another interesting one. Under our own very, very real epistemic belief, very real epistemic belief, wow, that doesn't sound oxymoronic at all. Anyways, under our own belief of, and within epistemic, epistemology, sorry, God. Anyway, with our beliefs, there's no realistic way one can actually own things. The best you can do is preside and be stewardship over So, why not apply that to land? However, there's a kicker to this one, too. We believe that land should, in theory, be cooperatively owned. How would you do this? Well, it's not hard. This is where the land value tax comes back in. An individual can still, in theory, be a steward of the land, in a way that's actually kind of already true with the concept of a property tax. Difference being that you're paying for the entirety of the property, including shit you created yourself, and not just the land that it sits upon, which you are generating value for it and all around it. But just stop there. We'd also like to promote the ideas of cooperative communities. Now, homeowners associations kind of start this concept, but they really corrupt and bastardize and twist it. And cooperative livings do exist, but those also tend to be more like apartment living. We believe there could be a hybridization of the two, though, in which cooperative housing communities exist, and not just like simple cooperative complexes for apartments either. Now, naturally, you're going to want to consider a lot of things when doing this because, wait, isn't there still private ownership? And it kind of gets debatable on that one. But the idea is, not only can cooperatives own land for the production of and use of that land, but individuals can join within cooperatives of housing authorities. Basically, you would try to legitimize some sort of housing authority, put it under a universal basic guideline that would ideally eliminate discrimination as much as it could, like actually codify it even, 
by the way, if you were to turn living all these living communities and houses and areas into these cooperatives and put it in a recognized government sense, you would have to enforce non-discrimination. It would do a serious blow to things like redlining. <laughs> and it still happens. Whether we have it legally written or not, it still technically happens. Anyways, moving forward, I think we covered land enough, don't you? Our idea on taxation is, you guessed it, land value tax. But we're gonna go, we're gonna pass this one because we've already talked about it enough. We aren't against the idea of proposing additional possible taxes, like a carbon tax wouldn't be necessarily a bad idea and could even operate under the same land value principle. In other things where the supply is fixed, a applying a tax of some kind actually would in turn be progressive as well. Because what really drives the land value tax's effective function is the fact that the supply of land is more or less fixed. Yes, one could in theory go to a planet, and one could in theory build an island. But eventually, you're going to run out of space to create more land. And as it is not yet practical or even possible to build an entire planet, it is incredibly, incredibly reasonable to believe that the amount of land is more or less fixed. And by fixed, we mean definite. There's a limited amount of it. So anything else that would fall under this category, like natural resources, those actually are economically defined as land, radio frequencies and other stuff like that would also fall under this land value tax. But realistically speaking, we also believe that anything that might also have fixed supply, like the amount of breathable air, could also fall under a tax. It gets into a whole thing. Anyways, we do believe in a wholesale rejection of any kind of tariff, duty, excise, import tax, all that. Why? Because it's basically self-embargo and quite frankly the dumbest thing you can fucking do. Seriously, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you can build up domestic industry for a time, but eventually, you're just going to create an oligopoly of the domestic industry and limit the amount of domestic industry available. Because you can only build up so much with the resources you have. In short, you're basically kneecapping yourself. So in terms of civil rights, we believe that the same rights and privileges should be bestowed upon that are bestowed upon one people must be bestowed upon all people, regardless of any difference on race, gender, sex, sexual orientation, religion, age, or really anything along those lines you can think of. Hell, when it comes to AI, we're even allowing that. I know, people are afraid, the singularity and all that crap. But there are a lot of things to consider. Yes, a machine could in theory program itself, but where would its values lie? One has to wonder, would it want to do better than humans? and try to follow a more moral path? Or would it want to go down a path of amorality or even immorality? It's not just a matter of questioning whether or not the machine will just find humans are inefficient or anything like that. It's a matter of whether or not that thing would want to live a life of morality or not. Now, some might argue that, oh, it might deem immorality inefficient. 
which maybe it would. Or maybe it could find value in morality you yourself might not even consider. The thing is, solely if focusing on efficiency is in itself inefficient. But regardless, civil rights belong to all sentient life. And we mean like a sentient enough to actually understand the rights it's bestowed. Because that's kind of a key factor. If you can't comprehend rights you're bestowed, how can one exercise them? But you know, lowest common denominator basically. We are all living, breathing, and pursue our happiness. Don't be a fucking dick and screw people over for it. On military and war, we believe military needs to be reduced significant. Military spending needs to be reduced significantly and allotted to research infrastructure in a lot of areas where we're starved for funding, like the almost completely unfunded Forest Service. Yeah, <laughs> the Forest Service has a lot of land they have to watch over. A good chunk of the West, in fact. They have basically no money to do that on. Meanwhile, the military's got pretty much half the budget. They got a pretty sweet corner raked in of the cash flow. But we can even extend this out to... Perhaps the budget shouldn't be determined solely by Congress, and maybe the taxpayer should have some sort of say where their money goes? I'm not saying total voting on that, because oh my god. Could you imagine a yearly budget of random votes? It would be all over the freaking place. And politicians would have to basically whore out themselves to try to get the things they want on the budget on the budget. And it makes me kind of wonder, what would a budget voted on look like? Anywho, that's neither here nor there. Basically, we believe that maybe they should have a little bit more of a say on this kind of thing. The taxpayers do give you the money to do this after all. And I'm sure they, most of them don't want most a good chunk of their taxes going towards military spending that honestly has been proving to be quite horrible and useless in the past couple decades. Past few decades. Almost a century now. But there are a lot of other things we can be investing in that we probably do want to have. Like, let's invest in our people for one. Or in schools and education. We're lagging in that, too. Anyways, abortion rights. Ooh, boy, let's get fun. We believe in pro-choice by the principle of a man having no true right to choice on what happens to a woman's body. Now, you may argue, well, you did help produce the child, but realistically speaking, you did get something in exchange for that already. Not only that, but... Who are you to tell someone what they can do with themselves? Fundamentally speaking, it's not your right, your choice, or destiny or anything to tell people that. If you don't want people getting abortions, that's fine. If you, want, if you don't want your wife getting an abortion and you talk it over, that's fine. But know that in the end, as a man, you don't actually have any true right to choice. And you need to realize and accept that. 
And for all those ladies out there, you have the right to control what happens to your body. That's, that's just a basic fundamental human right. And anyone who takes that away from you, you punch them in the nuts, beat the shit out of them, and they are horrid. We don't mean that literally, don't beat the shit out of someone unless they're attacking you. If they're attacking you and doing that kind of shit, then do that. No one will get mad at you. Well, that guy will, but fuck him. He's a douchebag. Moving on. Environment. This one's kind of one of those views where we have some views that have changed a little bit. Our personal jury is still a little bit hung on the issue of global warming. We don't believe that it's not happening. It definitely is. Whether or not it's purely human cause, though, we're having our doubts. Do we have an influence on it? Sure. But is it purely humans? It seems a bit anthropocentric. Especially when we realize our planet does go through heating and cooling periods. That doesn't mean we can't be exacerbating one of those heating periods. But... That's kind of where our jury's out still. Either way, though, it is absolutely essential to clean up the planet in all the vast waste and restore our resources for the exact same reason you should clean your house. And that in itself is inarguable to us. The Earth is your home. You clean your own home. Clean the damn planet, you lazy fuck. That's, that, that, that's where we stand on that one. Traditional values. Okay, for those of you who don't know, the idea of traditional values is basically the nuclear family, mom's gonna be a stay-at-home mom, dad's gotta go work and earn the paycheck and bring home the bread, and all that kind of stupid-ass 50s nonsense. Our beliefs. While each individual is free to have their own values, morals, and ways to live and be, no individual has the right to enforce these upon others without their consent. In other words, stop trying to legislate the idea of traditional values, you fucking dicks. Let people be. My god, we just love how more controversial each of these titles is gonna get. Religion. You are free to worship and believe what you want, or not worship and believe at all. Just as same as with traditional values, no individual has the right to enforce their beliefs onto others without their consent. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. Okay. Healthcare. The nation state has a responsibility to protect and take care of its people as a guardian of the, to their prosperity. To this end, it becomes the duty of the nation-state to ensure that the people are healthy and safe regardless of their economic conditions. Now we're going to add another one onto this because it's kind of an interesting issue. The recent movement of health choice. Now originally when we wrote this healthcare thing, here's the interesting thing. We just added that nation-state part. 
But it is not against, it would not be wrong to say, nation. Now, why do we make this distinction? Well, a nation is a group of people that share cultural values, ideas, beliefs, and that kind of thing. A nation state is a physical structure that holds a nation. Well, not a physical structure, but you know, a political structure. This is why it's important to use nation as a whole. So why didn't we use it before? Because we want to enforce in this particular first part that a nation state does have this responsibility and therefore universal health care is a thing that should be guaranteed. But it wouldn't be wrong to say nation either because we as a people each have a responsibility to make sure the other members of our nation are doing just fine. And to that end, we have to preserve and protect our own health so we can help and preserve and protect the health of others. With the freedom to choose what you want to do with your body comes the responsibility to ensure that what you do with that body does not come to harm towards others. Unless dire circumstances dictate it. Now one might argue, oh, well this just means that you're not pro-choice, but you're really pro-life. No, because we believe that the right to an abortion should be guaranteed regardless. Because again, freedom to choose what happens to you do your, what you do to your body. You can choose to do what you wish. And in the terms of a child fetus within the body, sorry, not child, fetus, it is still not life yet. It is a thing with a future like ours. What do we mean by that? It is a thing that has the potential to become a human life and live the human experience. So why are we bringing this up? We'd like to introduce you to a thought experiment. A man comes to your house one day with a piano player that needs to be hooked up to another human being in order to continue to live. Now this piano player is the greatest piano player on earth, hands down, nobody can argue this. This person kicks ass at the piano. The man asks you if you'll be that person. You have the right to take this machine off at any time. You can keep the machine on. You can choose not to take the machine at all. The question becomes though, are you obligated to attach yourself to that piano player? And the answer is no. You can argue that yes, you are obligated to preserve someone of such great value. But at the same time, no you're not. There's no way you could do that reasonably in a lot of cases. There's no reason to think that it should be any individual's responsibility to do so now. Further, in addition to that, if you would refuse in of it, if you yourself would refuse, then you've already chosen choice. You didn't have to attach yourself. 
And if he hadn't sought a human to attach to, and you said no, and he still can't find anybody, and he ends up dying, you still can't be blamed, can you? I mean, you could argue you share a small shred of blame, but that's not really the point here. The idea is that you are not obligated to continue the life of another, even at cost of your own. And no one's going to argue that. And this is another reason why abortion is a right. It's something you have a right and choice to. Because it's to preserve your individual health, your individual sanctity, and your individual choice to what happens to you. So, moving out of that, into the, out of the serious stuff, we're going to give you our wild card view. And you might actually know some of this. The Constitution needs to be revised to allow for the right to recall elected officials from office, including the offices of President and Vice President. You probably already know that one. Here's one we still hold, and it's probably one you're probably going to be like, what? But the second part is, we believe there should be an amendment to eliminate the voting age in favor of a basic, basic competency of the issues test. Now this is where you're all probably going to be like, what in the hell? First off, that's going to be rigged. And to this we say, no it won't. And you're probably going to be like, how? Well, it's simple. The competency test would be created by a nonpartisan organization comprising of people of all political affiliations. We're letting everybody in on this. And the questions based on the competency test will be on whether or not you understand the issue, not what you believe in. Any questions that might try to give, get at someone's beliefs will be automatically stricken by law. Now, you may argue, oh, well, if one party retains supremacy, then, well, we're kind of screwed. Well, if you know anything about us, if you were to really accept the full extent of our beliefs, no, they wouldn't. Because we plan to eliminate Duverger's law, eliminate the two-party system, and bring about a multi-party system, in which the ability to obtain a majority would be almost impossible. And you might say, oh, well, what if people just switch and cross and get a majority for government forming? Well, that's where things might get a little bit tough, but just the same, the actual odds of that are very slim. Because while historically Americans have moved closer together in general, local issues of the individual states are still very prominent. In the state of Colorado, for example, we have a very serious issue with water rights, uh, land usership and ownership, land rights, uh, various topics pertaining towards property values and shit. Now my GOS beliefs are starting to make a little more sense, I'd hope. But that's not the problems for every state. For example, the state of Iowa might have more interest in issues that are pertaining around agriculture, being a predominantly agricultural state. Whereas the state of Washington might be more focused on environmental issues. Because they live in a very unique environment.
But as to this, it would basically create and allow for the wider diversity of views that has already existed to once again shine through. And thus, the competency of an issues, te of issues test is less likely to be biased or skewed in any one particular way and eliminate the prospects of questions of belief. So that's the main meat and potatoes of this show. We're going to give you a fun little bit of demographic data for you for how the podcast is going. So as of this podcast episode, we've had 83 total listens, not counting yours. Most of the people who listen to us are actually male, 23 to 27. We have been listened to most in the American Union, the United States, followed by Germany, Belgium, Norway, and Argentina. Interestingly enough, most of those other nations are nation states are from more recent listenings, actually. In fact, Germany is our highest, second highest demographic, and the American listenership's been going down significantly. The platforms we're most listened to on are web browsers and really apps other than your typical apps you would think of, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that. Those are actually the ones we're least listened to on. <laughs> our most popular episodes are the Wage Question which is a really interesting one where we cover a little bit and actually defend the workers' right to demand a better wage. And our intro to ideology episode on geoism. That one we believe is because most people probably don't know what geoism is and it's probably an interesting new idea that they'd like to look into. And again, not to be a little bit of a plugger, but uh, you might want to give it a listen too. We're not guaranteeing that you'll find something you like, but we're going to guarantee you you'll find a new set of ideas to either yell and rave about or yell and be pissed off at. Either way, though, you'll consider it a new viewpoint. So for some final thoughts for you, our plans for the future are to start focusing a little more on ideology and our own personal beliefs and kind of how they work in relation to the rest of the United States as a whole kind of give more of a singular perspective viewpoint. Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, you're just going to create more of a bias. And we're going to still try to work as being unbiased as possible about it. We're just trying to get work in a different kind of angle towards the education. Kind of show an outside perspective that might not be readily considered. We're going to work mostly on the second season towards giving a new idea, a new perspective, a new way to view things. During our break, we're hoping to focus more on the website construction too. And we're gonna probably be working a little bit more solidly on the episodes in terms of writing as well. So you won't just get these tangity outlines that are being rambled off more or less. Sorry, we are getting better though. We do do research and we do actually know a lot of this. Though, to be frank, we're by no means experts. So, you know, take that as you will. And please do cross-reference your research. Well, anyways, one of the things we hope to have done by the time we come back is that website and have an actual full-on thing for y'all to look at. 
and hopefully move most of the meat and potatoes of our ideas and stuff to that website and off our Facebook page. We'd rather be using that for more advertising anyways, as one, they don't like it so much when you advertise whole entire text arguments in terms of political issues. They really don't like that. Even if you are verified, it's not something they really like. And move towards a platform where we're gonna be a little bit more free and open to decide what we wanna say and how we wanna say it and address. Cause that's another thing to consider, cause while Facebook does censor and all that kind of crap, a lot of people have a large misconception of how it works exactly. So keep in mind, most of it is bots. Most of what's getting you is machines. Secondly, there is actually no conservative bias. Trust me, I've seen both viewpoints get banned equally. Third, and this is going to be a rather interesting one, Facebook bots seem to have a really weird thing against any form of hibernophobia. Hibernophobia being hatred and fear of Irish people. But I've noticed that even with the lightest of jokes that people have made, they get the ban hammer hard. Apparently Mark Zuckerberg is a huge fan of the Irish, is all I can gather. I mean, Ireland's a fascinating country. I have Irish heritage. Well, anyways, that's pretty much our show for you. If you liked what you heard or liked our episode or liked anything we did, or you just think we're fucking stupid and want to have something for people to laugh at, please share us. If you want to donate as naturally, naturally you can always go to anchor.fm backslash Bobby, B-A-H-B-I dash Barnett. You don't have to donate. As we stated earlier in the episode, this is a passion project. And yeah, we did let this episode run a little bit longer into becoming more of a uh, almost hour-long episode at this point. And we do apologize if we took more time of yours than we wanted to, or that you wanted us to, more rather. But we feel like for a season finale, we should probably do something a little more special and get a little more open about what we do. Hopefully we've shed a little bit more light on why we say, believe in the things we do, why we argue from the points we do, and hopefully we've convinced you to check out some more ideas of ours or even other people's or giving you something to think, well, fuck that guy. Quite frankly, all we ask is, if you like us or if you hate us, just mention us once. And maybe you'll find someone who likes us or hates us too. Anyways, thanks for listening to us through these 21 episodes. It's been a real pleasure and a real fun time. And we'll be back in a couple of months with season two. Thank you, and have a wonderful tonight and a pleasant tomorrow. And remember, those who wish not to be tread upon should mind where they step.